everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. And this is our new series that we are doing the uh, romantic reading wrap up that we are going to be doing every month. And this is our April session, I guess. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I am filming to Rachel Wagner and Breeze here. Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm taking off my movie cap and putting on my reading cap because it's good to remember sometimes that I can read. <laughs> <laughs> so, how have you been doing? I've been great. How are you? Pretty good. I had a pretty busy, busy, busy April, but it's kind of nice to be busy again in that kind of way, going actually doing things and. Uh, I've, uh, I've now been fully vaccinated, Yay! but I'm still taking all the precautions, but nevertheless, uh, it's nice to be out and going to, going to screenings and other busyness happening. It's, it's very exciting. How was your second dose? Cause I get my second one on the 30th and that's the one that I hear from everyone is a little rough. Yeah, I had heard that too. I had no problems. Okay. And I've had uh, some not the best responses to shots in the past, like particularly to tetanus has not been pleasant, but I had no problems for me personally. But I do know some people that have had had not a, a good reaction. Uh, but, uh, but for me, it was, it was, it was easy. So Good. hopefully you'll have the same. Well, I was just thinking, I was like, it feels like just yesterday, Rachel and I did the, like our, our anticipated thoughts on the spring fling movies. I know. <laughs> I know. And then just this last week we did the, the recap with Jasmine yeah. and, and Thaddeus. <laughs> like how did, if time flies, right? As they say, <laughs> time flies whether you're having fun or not. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, now when's the summer start? <laughs> I know. They took away June brides. How do you feel about that? Oh my gosh. I just, I loved it because it gave us that, you know, that in between. I need something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just curious what they're going to do in August now that they moved up, moved up summer nights. Yeah. Are they just going to have Summer Nights Part 2? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but we need something. You know, we can't go too long without some premieres. I'm just saying. I know. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we have already got all through July with yeah. none. You know, one so. thing that I will say that I wish, I do wish that we got more fall movies. Yeah, so they might be, who knows, they could have, that could be their plan for August. Their plan, yeah. I would love that. I, you know, since they start Christmas in October, yeah. just give us much time. <laughs> let's, let's have some more fall movies. <laughs> yes. But how has your reading been going? How, did you have a good April? Honestly, I feel like my reading slowed down in April. It, I feel I, like it kind of slowed down a little bit in March. And then with April, I've just like been, I've still been wanting to read, but I've also been like, oh, I'll just sit here and like watch movies all day. And that's fine. So, <laughs> But now that it's the end of the month, I'm like, oh, I want to read everything. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, having, knowing this podcast was coming, helped me a lot to prioritize reading and <laughs> So this is good. This is the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> I have to ask you, I have to get your perspective because maybe this is something you can explain from like a movie critic perspective. So me and two of my girlfriends, we have a, a book club that we do and we're reading this month, Chicklet. What do you consider Chicklet versus Chicklet. like women's fiction or romance? Like, what do you think of when you hear that? Because yeah. I cannot find an answer for what it is. I think the chick lit uh, is, has a little more comedy. Like I'm thinking Bridget Jones. I'm thinking, uh, I don't know what else are some of the, the where it's a little bit more funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think something can sell is chick lit. Yeah. I would say Confessions of a Shopaholic, um, 
those kinds of books that are a little more funny. Mm-hmm. That's so what you, that's you what I think. Films. I mean, well, I think most. I know, like Bridget Jones has a film, but like, mm-hmm. when you can you think of films that you would be like? Oh, yeah, I mean, I would say something like Clueless or Mean Girls, kind of like the more comedic. Yeah, kind okay. of side of things is how I would. I mean, I don't love the term to begin with. I have yeah. to say the old chick <laughs> flick or uh, that because it's usually used in a sort of a a term of derision in a way. I think by mo- by a lot of people. And so, uh, and there's nothing wrong with things that are made for women, obviously. Uh, but I think the whole chick flick is kind of usually sort of, oh, used in, in sort of a derogatory. I know you weren't, but I'm saying that that's why I kind of like, uh, I don't know about the term. But um, uh, but I think that if I was going to describe the difference between rom- romantic fiction and chick lit, I think that the chick lit is more humorous. I'm like, who's the... A lady who does the um oh um something borrowed oh those books um oh I know who you're talking about too I can picture the book that I that you're talking about um Emily Griffin yes Giffen excuse me Giffen or something like that I feel like she is chiclet okay would you agree I I agree I agree. Yeah, it's been so hard. It's like I, I was like, is this like a UK term? Because like usually when I Google it, trying to find recommendations, like I never really liked the term either. But I'm like, okay, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. So I was like googling it, and a lot of stuff that I was finding was either books by writers in the UK Uh or romantic comedies, and I'm like, I don't see how chiclet and romantic comedies are the same thing if it if like the story structure is a little bit different so I just thought I would ask from I think it's just more humor because a lot of times in romantic comedies they kind of forget the comedy part of it yeah they're not that funny and so it's refreshing when you watch one or read one that's actually like funny and Bridget Jones to me I mean when he's wearing that that ridiculous jumper as, as they like to say uh and when she makes the the blue soup i mean stuff like that is like hilarious and like the the big fight at the end <laughs> between the two of them is really funny um and i i well, i do love when she makes the blue soup though and she's like the blue is a very underused culinary <laughs> color <laughs> i'm excited i'm actually gonna be reading that one next month there's like a big group read of it oh yeah you know what this will be fun have you have you seen the movie i have i'm like i refuse to watch it until oh, oh okay look. <laughs> well sorry spoiler alert there's there's blue soup <laughs> i am not a spoiler i i i love spoilers give me the yeah. spoilers let me know what i'm getting myself into so. i'm actually kind of the same <laughs> Speaking of romantic comedy, Rachel, like I was thinking, I know we're talking about a waterfront wedding by Lee Duncan uh-huh. today. I want more stories like this to be funny. Like I want yeah. this to be a romantic comedy. What do you think? <laughs> I I agree. I could use more hilarious uh, co- uh, romantic books. I like just to bring the full context of the blue soup. She she, she uses <laughs> string. He uses she uses this, like blue string to tie up like this the the herbs or whatever. And so then it like comes out in the soup. And so then the soup is like blue. <laughs> <laughs> they're all eating it, trying to be nice. <laughs> And what's so funny about rom? It's not necessarily like the dialogue; it's the situation in rom coms that works so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I loved this is young adult, but it's it was Sophie Kinsella. She had a book called Finding Audrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 2019, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was such a hilarious, heartwarming, wonderful book, and. Um, <laughs> just the dynamics between the family. My favorite part is this: the mother of the family would every morning she read the newspaper and she would find something to be like, 
horrified by. And she would start reading this thing about like, about the corruption of children's minds with video games or whatever. And her one son plays video games all the time. And she just, she all of a sudden, starts, all of a sudden becomes obsessed with the fact that her son is, is <laughs> these video games. And they would just like all sit every morning waiting for her to, to read some like inflammatory thing and get all upset. And I don't know, it was really funny. And there at one point she's holding his laptop out of the window and he's about to destroy it. And they're like, ah! <laughs> oh it was so good. I loved that book. And yeah, it was sort of more humor that we can all relate with that. Uh, I mean, speaking of this kind of thing, there's a new movie coming out called uh, Mitchell's versus the machines comes out on April 30th. And it is so great. I absolutely adored it. It is so funny. And you you watch the movie, and not only is the animation absolutely stunning, but I just watch the movie and think, who can't relate to this? Like This family is so relatable, and they're so funny. And so it, that kind of thing is is what we need more of, is, is just mining normal, everyday family and, and you know relationship things to to create the 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 comedy yeah 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 anyway but uh but yeah i agree with you but let's talk about our main book that we're focusing on uh and it is a waterfront wedding by lee duncan we got to interview lee and she's so great we had a really fun time with her and this is the third and final entry in the Hearts Landing series. And it has in Hearts Landing, winners of a wedding in a week competition look to Evelyn and Ryan to provide the venues they must decide between for their wedding. Evelyn and Ryan grew up together but never expressed their feelings. Now as they compete, will they catch the spirit of the bride and groom? <laughs> <laughs> So overall, what did you think about this book? I liked it. It was definitely, it was really angsty. I liked the kind of childhood friends to lovers aspect mm-hmm. of the story. And I think that what Lee Duncan did really well with that is just, man, it's like, it's really frustrating because you're like, just say that you have had a crush on this person for forever, right? Yeah. She, she captured, like, I think that was kind of intentional like as a reader you're so frustrated because you know they both are crazy about each other and they just are not saying that because I think what she did great was just like capturing that fear of like well what if I'm wrong about this like what if he doesn't see me like this and vice versa um, so I think that she did I mean she captured that like fear and hesitation really well. Uh, I was just thinking like when I was reading it, I'm like, I, you know, I know that there's room at the table for everything. I just think that stories like this, we see this, like a lot, you know, a lot of the wedding movies that we saw last year from Hallmark. I'm like, man, this would have been an awesome rom-com. Like there's just so many ways that you can make stories like this funny. Um, So I, you know, I don't, she mentioned in our interview that they're kind of switching their focus. And I, I hope that maybe that direction of like more romantic comedies is the way that we're heading. Cause I think that that's what I would be really open to that. And I feel like other viewers would be too. I mean, you know, there's, there's a time and a place for the sweet stuff, you know, I just, me, I just, selfishly as a reader, I was reading this and I'm like, man, this would be perfect if it had like a little comedic aspect to it. What did you think? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's interesting because I feel like at least with the movies, I can see them going both ways. I see them trying to do things that are a little more dramatic and emotional with something like with this sweet Carolina movie coming up with Lacey Chabert and Tyler Hines, uh, that that one sounds like a little bit more of a tearjerker ish kind of thing and then we and then but then you also have something like mix up in the Mediterranean which is a little more screwballish so I feel like they're they're this is an experimental phase at least with the movie side uh so it's going to be interesting to see how how we see that in the uh the public side yeah 
Um, but I hope that they don't get too serious because, you know, we've already got Nicholas Sparks. We don't need any more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, and when they do serious, they do it, you know, I... Like I, I, I loved Holly and Ivy and that, I did too. Was really that was a serious movie. So, I mean, they obviously know what they're doing. I just, I think for like spring and summer, those are the seasons where you want fun, you know? And I'm just like, man, if like the right writer came along and took this Lee Duncan story and like added some comedy to it, I think it would be so much fun. Yeah, and it can be done well. The emotion, like I, we we did a uh, reviewed uh, stepmom for uh, on friendship in January, and I think that's a movie that does the the, the you know tearjerker pretty well because it it does its characters you can relate to and feel like anything can be done well. Yeah, <laughs> with yeah. good writing, exactly. as we know. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, the thing I think that Lee Duncan is really good at, and I realized it when reading this book, especially compared to the other one, which we'll talk about, uh, is that she's really good at writing men. Her male characters are very, not just swoon-worthy, but like, uh, well-rounded and interesting, and she gives them a good voice. And that, that's not, definitely not always the case with, with uh, uh, romantic literature. Yeah, she really flushed uh, Ryan. He felt really flushed Mm -hmm. out. Usually in the romance, for me, I'm all about the heroine. But I do like when I come away from the book and I'm like, wow, I feel like I really got to know the hero, you know? Yeah, Yeah, she gets into their heads and you feel like you understand them. Like the the quote that I wrote down from this one this uh, month was, it's, it's, uh, uh, Evelyn is talking and she says, I want someone to love, someone who loves me. Who doesn't? I want the whole package, a home, a family. And so then Ryan, he says, he says in, to himself, good, that, that was good. <laughs> his, his, his heart rate throttles down a notch. Next, he needed to find out if that someone could be him. His mouth's dry. He asked, any prospects? <laughs> <laughs> it was so that was really good. That like shows yeah. some personality. And uh, and is a little bit witty and funny. I thought that was a good little passage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that was probably my my favorite. She would kind of let Ryan have his just sort of imagination where all of a sudden he's seeing her in a wedding dress coming down the aisle, and and then and then he has to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember the exact quote, but my favorite kind of dialogue between them was when he admits, like, I have asked you out before and like you turned me down. And she's like, what? And he's like, he asked her to this dance and she responds with like some crap that he doesn't understand. And then come to find out it was like um, a quote from, I think, a play or something she was part of or something uh-huh. he was like, oh so you would have went to the dance for me she's like oh no you were older than me my parents would not have let that happen <laughs> yeah that was good <laughs> See him like get that closure of like dude she didn't turn you down she still wouldn't have went to the dance with you but it wouldn't have been because she didn't want to it would have been because her parents were like uh he's older than you no way <laughs> Yeah, well, and what was nice about this book is that you had the contrast of the relationship between Daniel and Brianna, who are the contest winners, and Evelyn and Ryan. And Daniel and Brianna were more sort of your classic, dramatic kind of romance story. And whereas Evelyn and Ryan were your second chance, uh, a little bit older you know just like just a different the, the contrast between the two was nice yeah, yeah. Oh, that was good and there's obviously no spice level in hallmark we, we definitely will in the future we're not always going to pick a hallmark book as our our lead book but since we interviewed uh since we interviewed lee we figured we we ought to to do it uh but uh but the chemistry in this one was pretty good I think between the two uh that there's because they're competitors trying to win this this prize that and they both have sort of their motivations because he's starting his new venue 
a new company. So he, he really wants it, but then she's trying to prove herself to her boss. So she really wants it. Plus they want to help each other. So there was a a pretty fun dynamic. Yeah. I thought that, that the competition definitely raised the stakes (laughs) because, you know, it's like you, for me, a well-written romance is the author is going to create something that makes it feel like these two people are never going to be together. And like, we know that they've always had these crushes on each other, but now they're literally competing for each other, okay, competing against each other. And it's mm-hmm. kind of like their livelihood on the line. So I was like, okay, so this is yeah. the thing, like, you know, this is make or break. And then the thing with Evelyn, she was so, she was like, too big for her britches. I love a confident woman, but I was like, girl, you don't know if you're actually going to win this competition. <laughs> like, She was so sure of herself. And I loved that because like, it kind of made Ryan at times, you know, like second guess, like, oh my gosh, like she really thinks that like, I have no shot at this, you know? So yeah, the competition I think was just a really good way to kind of, make us like bring us back down to well maybe they won't end up together because if this doesn't go right Evelyn's probably going to be upset or if she wins then Ryan you know it just mm-hmm. that it like plays into their livelihood I just I really liked seeing that yeah well and this is one of those relationships that I can imagine working out in the long term I feel like they're a good match for each other because she's like the fiery redhead the big personality she's totally oblivious to his interest in her which is ridiculous but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but and then he is is also passionate but more a little bit more stable a little more grounded kind of uh, complementary to her energy I think Let's talk about the obliviousness because yeah, she really was saying Rachel. <laughs> how does she not know? How does she not see it? <laughs> yeah, especially the the further down they get in working on this this wedding together, uh, the the more you're just kind of like, come on. <laughs> Yes, it's so obvious. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's what I wrote. Evelyn was your typical redhead, but more oblivious. <laughs> I just uh, did not get it. I just, I, I, yeah. need, I think that's one thing that I need a little bit more of when it's childhood, like friends to lovers. Like, mm-hmm. you got to make it believable that like this person just does not see that this person is crazy about them. You know, I get the, I'm afraid to take our friendship to the next level. I totally understand that. But like, that's not even the case in this. Like it's total obviousness. And it's like, how, how do you not? (laughs) I I guess you just get so comfortable with somebody that you don't realize that they they, don't realize it. Yeah. Maybe you just take it for granted or I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, she was very. Was I mean, like, when, we, oh, when, we, when we chatted with Lee, Lee Duncan, that's one thing she said is like, she thinks, you know, when we were talking about how second chance is hard to pull off. I think that's one aspect of childhood friends to lovers that can be really difficult to pull off because we as a, if it's too easy, we, we as a readers are like, I There's don't know. Conflict. Yeah. yeah like, make it a little bit more diff make it more realistic that like she just would not un- like believe that he's into her yeah I mean and I guess sometimes you just get so kind of lost in a project that you you just miss things you just become uh I don't know it's hard to imagine I I think that I would probably be the opposite I think I would be like hypersensitive and be like whoa what is happening and read they maybe read things that aren't even there into them i'm probably more that one rather than the oblivious one <laughs> but i guess that that might be part of it is that uh and and and, and there was a time there were some times too when it was like oh she's just kind of lying to herself to keep yeah yeah it's awkward. Like that too yeah mm-hmm. yeah 
I just think it's one of those things that on paper is really hard to pull off. Yeah, I think so. It's true, especially when you're dealing with emotionally mature people. You know, this is not like they're 18 year olds or something like that. But but as far as tropes, with trope time, we have this is second chance romance, childhood friends to lovers. Uh, it also has a workplace romance element mm-hmm. into it. Uh, then you have best friends with your uh, best friends of brother or sister, in this case with Evelyn. Uh, Evelyn, uh, it, it, Ryan being the friend of her brother. Um, then small town romance you obviously have here with Hearts Landing. And that was nice. At least mentioned that that because they knew it wasn't going to be the last book that she gave little nods to the other two previous books. Uh, and uh, so that was kind of fun that yeah. she did. So, uh, so what would you give one out of five crowns to Waterfront Wedding? I gave it a three star. It was good. It was good. Um, it's definitely, I mean, now that I know it's the last book, I think it wraps everything. It, it's a good, like, wrapping of the series. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, it has some of my favorite tropes in it. I love childhood friends to lovers. I love workplace. Best friend sibling is probably my favorite trope. And I love small town romance. So, I mean, I think it was good. I just, there were... It's one of those books that, like, I think maybe a week or two from now, I might bump it up. It's just, like, right now, I'm like, it was good. But I need to stew on it because I don't know if it was, like, really amazing writing that, like, frustrated me in parts or if it was parts of the character arcs that really just frustrated me. (laughs) Well, I also gave it three uh, because I do think the two previous ones were better. Okay. Um, so I have to downgrade it just just in comparison uh, that I was just I particularly loved in the first book how she I had mentioned this I think when we talked to Lee is that that so she's pretending to be her in the first book she's pretending to be her cousin who's this movie star um, that she's getting married anyway she's planning the wedding and she's so she has this fake persona and <laughs> she gets to know the the cake uh decorator cake maker and they have and so but he thinks that she's engaged and planning this wedding right and so it finally gets all revealed and instead of being like how could you lie to me ah, you know which i hate uh <laughs> he was like you're not engaged Will you marry me? Like, it was so great. <laughs> yes, that's right. He's <laughs> like, I'm not letting a second go by. <laughs> of us not being together, right? I, I was a big fan of that. I thought that was really good. So that was my favorite of the three, I have to say. Have you got a Hallmarky, Hardy, Postable, or Sleuther in your life? Are you looking for the perfect gift for your loved one? Look no further than the Hallmarkies Podcast merch store. We have designs from artists like Jessica Miller and Carrie at Hallmark Comics. We At the store, you can declare your team, like hashtag Team Lucas or hashtag Team Nathan. And you can also have your hashtag shirts with hashtag postables, hashtag hardies, hashtag goodies. We've got the Love Me Like series where you can get designs such as Love Me Like Nick Loves Aurora. And there's also great stories beyond Hallmark like Anne and Gilbert from Anna Green Gables or even Han and Leia from Star Wars. And it's not just shirts, but notebooks, mugs, pillows, and cell phone cases. Your support of the merch store helps keep the podcast going, and we are so appreciative. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or follow the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. But anyway, let's talk about our reading roundup where we talk about other things that we've been reading, not necessarily all romance, but uh, the first one I was going to talk about is 100 Reasons by Kelly Collins. This is about a woman who is a nurse who inherits a bed and breakfast from a patient. So she goes, that she cared for, 
she goes to a small town. I think it's Aspen, I think. And then falls in love with the town bartender. And I would say this one is like medium heat. It's not too bad, but a little bit more than Hallmark. <laughs> um, and it was okay. I liked it pretty good. <laughs> I think they had pretty good chemistry. And I mean, it didn't change my life, but I thought it was pretty good. I gave it three, three stars. Okay. Yeah. My first one is The Trouble with Picket Fences by Terry Wilson, who also writes for Hallmark. But this is one of her Harlequin special edition novels that came out in, I think it was an April release. It might, yeah, April release. Uh, And it was about a woman that moves from Texas to Lovestruck, Vermont, the small town. She is. Uh, she's pregnant when she gets there and when she first gets there she gets to her cottage that she obviously like saw online and bought really quickly and the neighbor had built a picket fence and due to some conversations with an ex from her past she you know just being told basically like you're not the white picket fence kind of person she's like you gotta take this down and it's her romance with a local firefighter, single dad, and he's got some health issues going on. And it was just, it was really sweet. I've read, um, most of what I've read by Terry Wilson have been her Hallmark published books. So when I was reading this, like my first time reading one of her um, Harlequins, I was like, I was a little nervous at first, but I just, she has this signature style. Her books are so fun and she's just such a really good writer. So it was really fun. I think it's a good spring read. It's a lot of like, uh, the heroine was actually, uh, in a like Miss America pageant once upon a time. So there's like little tidbits of that and like making homemade lemonade. And it's just, it was really fun. So I definitely think that it's no steam in, in it at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I think I, is, I rated it like four stars. Is the firefighter the neighbor or is that a different person? No, he's, he's not. the. At first I was like, oh gosh, is he the neighbor? But no, he's not. <laughs> He's not the neighbor, but she's taking right now, please. Because I think it could be cute. Her arguing over the picket fence with the yeah. firefighter neighbor, I, I, I could see that. But, but uh, that sounds fun. I, I really love Terry. She's great, and she does a good job with her books. Her. So, that's good to hear. Uh, so next for me was Love Your Life by Sophie Kinsella. And this came out last fall and I was pretty excited about it because I love Sophie Kinsella. But as I said, I loved her Funny Audrey. It was so good. And I've loved so many of her books. The uh, Confession of Shopaholic. I've loved uh, The Undomestic Goddess is one of my favorites. Uh, the... Um, Oh, got, I've got your number. I think is what it's called. The one where she, where she accidentally gets this guy's cell phone. And uh, what she does really well is she she takes a, a kind of a contemporary theme of say an undomestic goddess. It's all about overworking and uh, and uh, never stopping to take a breath and live your life. And and I love that one. And in um under in the um. In the shopaholic, it's obviously about consumerism and overspending and, you know, all that. Uh, and so she does a good job in then weaving kind of romantic comedy elements into a issue of the day. And that's what I think is great. This was disappointing, unfortunately. I, I, it's about these two people that meet at this writing retreat and they're under sort of fake names, but they have this huge spark and... They, they fall in love, but then once they come back, they realize that they're totally different people than were, who they were on the retreat. And so most of the novel is them trying to get along with each other. And it was just, it was pretty unpleasant. I didn't like either of the lead characters. I don't picture this relationship working at all. I don't think that they had anything in common and uh, she is very kind of beatnik and uh it was kind of funny because whenever he goes over to her apartment she he ends up like injured because her furniture is like falling apart and i mean just so that was it had some of her humor because that's what she's so great at 
Um, and in his apartment, there's all this like scary artwork and his bed is, is like hard as a rock and she hates it. And all that stuff, I guess could be what was funny in, in, in a way, but I just was disappointed by it. Cause I didn't like either of the, the characters or their relationship. Uh, it, it was, it was missing her normal charm. I would say this has, it's not really spicy. There's like a little bit of intimacy, not much, but it has a lot of swearing. So if people, it's spicy in that, in that regard. Okay. <laughs> and that is fairly common for her books is they do have more cursing than I would prefer. Okay. Um, she is from England, so there's some like English cursing too, <laughs> like bloody and you know things like that. <laughs> so this one I would skip. Uh, I gave it I gave it two stars on Goodreads, but I would read one of her other books because she has a lot of good ones. Well, my next one is um, a memoir, and it's Garlic and Sapphires, The Secret Life of a Critic in Disguise by Ruth Reichel. Mm -hmm. And so she is this, this whole memoir is her being a food critic and like going to different New York City restaurants in disguise and just the different treatment that, you know, she gets when she walks in and they know it's her versus if she goes in dressed up as like a mom of four from the Midwest and just that experience of like going and, you know, her being in the business and like knowing if I went in as myself, I'm going to get treated a certain way. I'm going to get the table that I want. I'm going to get the amazing food, but then seeing, you know, how quickly if you go in as someone else, you might sit there and wait for an hour and you might get, you know, sat at the back where the, you know, the smoking section was when, you know, and you don't even smoke and just how terrible it can be. So it was really eye opening. Um, and I mean, I love reading about food and <laughs> I think I reread it this year just because we're not traveling really still. I mean, I feel like we're that much closer, but I just needed that experience of like going to a different city and trying the different foods and, um, yeah, I just, I found it really fascinating. So I, I rated it four out of five stars. If anybody is in the mood for like nonfiction, if you're a food lover, and if you just like to follow critics, um, she's one that I'm like really excited to like follow more of her career. So I really huh. like that one. That sounds really good. Obviously, as a, as a film critic, I, I, I'm very interested to yeah, read about like criticism. You might like it. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds really good. Plus, I, I like to pretend I'm a foodie, but I, I, like, I like to pretend. I'm like the pickiest eater ever, but I love following like chefs and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so is your next um, one better? Very, <laughs> that sounds really good. Uh, yeah, so my next uh, one was The Gifted Sugar Sand Inn. This is also by Lee Duncan. We talked with her about it when we talked with her. And I think part of my problem with this book was that I, I thought it was a romance. I didn't realize that it was women's fiction. So that's my fault. Uh, so I kept kind of waiting for the romance to come and it didn't come. And so I was just like, what? And it is pretty, it was kind of a downer and I'm not saying it wasn't done well, but pretty much all of these women are in kind of, crappy places uh in their lives and some more than others and so i don't know i i was just kind of like oh this was <laughs> and i think that it does lay the foundation for i think the next because there's going to be six more of these mm-hmm. coming out this year and i think those will be better because that that groundwork for the characters has been laid with this book Uh, that's what I get nervous about because like though there's on Amazon, there is an entire kind of genre of like divorced women's fiction. And I love stories of women like starting over. But I think when you go into those books, you have to know, like it's going to be a downer for a while. Yeah. Entire book. So I have some downloaded on my Kindle, but I'm just like, I have to be in the right mood for that. You know, and that so, like I said, I I put some of the fault on myself because I just 
I just assumed it was a romantic novel. Well, you see so. that pink cover and you think, oh, this is going to be cute, you know? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like, ah, oh, <laughs> this is depressing. But like I said, I think it's an okay start to the series. Yeah. It, these characters are, are well done. And I missed, there's really no male characters. Like I said, I feel like she's good at writing, getting in the heart of these male characters. I mean, the, you get a little bit of one that's, a, she said was going to be love interest for Michelle. Yeah. So that should be fun coming up, but you don't see much of that. Their, their interactions are pretty much transactional in this. And then you have uh, Reggie's husband, who's a jerk. <laughs> and then you have, Michelle's kids, the twins that are kind of jerks. The bratty. The bratty. <laughs> the bratty. <laughs> um, I and they, bratty. That is a turnoff for me. If I know that there's like a summary, if, if a summary says like snobby teenager, I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you and I are on the same page with that. I can't. I just can't. Like movies like Edge of 17 that everyone else just loves, which is about this just grumpy teenager i just couldn't deal with it i did not like it because i mean i know it's a thing but it's not a thing for everybody like not everybody's a snobby teenager yeah well and i feel like i was a grumpy teenager but i don't feel like i was mean and in movies like lady bird and edge of 17 or whatever they're just like outright mean yeah and i don't know i don't i have a hard time connecting with that but uh, what do you have next? So my next one is Love on Location by Cassidy Carter, which, I mean, uh. <laughs> kind of a plug. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love this one. Um, it's one that I read last year. It was one of my favorite books of 2020, actually. And it was just, I think it's perfect for spring. I think anything like doing renovation, kind of starting over, that just, makes me think of spring. Um, and I just, I fell in love with her writing. She's become an author that like, I'm on the lookout for whatever she's going to put out there. Uh, and I think that like that whole renovation thing works so well with romance. <laughs> it just, that was like the first time that I really saw myself like really loving. Okay. I think that this works really well, like seeing two people take something and kind of make it into something new and they've known each other for a really long time. Like symbolically, it's just like two things that go head to head and work so perfectly together. So yeah, I loved it. I think it was a five-star read of 2020 for me. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. I mean, we love Cassidy. She's been on our podcast a couple of times and we're about to, we're going to be talking about her new book coming up in Yay. May, which we're so excited about. But yeah, I loved this book too. I thought they had really great chemistry and the whole dynamic of the home improvement show uh, working on the uh, the cabins and stuff really worked, I thought, well. That one is, it's not a movie, is it? Is there a movie for that? No, they should though. Golly, yes, they need to. Yeah, that movie is just screaming for Andrew Walker. <laughs> it is. I mean, that book, it's just... Oh my gosh! Who would our heroine be, though? Who would the heroine be? Um, I think um, who would I pick? Somebody with like a little bit of maybe, maybe like a Jill Wagner. Oh, you know, I love Jill. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Jill would be perfect for this. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? What I'm, I have to like ask you this: What was the movie? The waterfall movie, our our spring waterfall movie. Oh, chasing waterfalls. The red haired girl that always plays like oh yeah girlfriend. Why do they do her like that, Rachel? She's always <laughs> Amanda Fragone. No, it's very true. <laughs> even even we're, we're, <laughs> even on Heartland, we've been reviewing Heartland season four, and even on Heartland, she's like the kind of. The other woman, the 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 girlfriend that nobody likes. <laughs> when I was watching Chasing Waterfalls, I'm like, 
I want to see her in a different, I feel like I like, did cast her as a leading role and I can't remember the movie and if this is even true, but I just remember I like, I was watching Chasing Waterfalls and I'm like, why is she always like <laughs> the other woman, the ex-girlfriend? Yeah. <laughs> such a good it, actress. She plays, she's on the Road Tea Garden movies. Um, she plays Arthur's wife who's also a detective at the, uh, and so she is, she's very annoyed with Aurora. She's the most realistic character. In this show because <laughs> I think be very annoyed in reality with Aurora, but nevertheless, uh, she's, <laughs> I don't know, but we ought to have man, uh, man. <laughs> we ought to, we ought to have Miranda on the podcast. We never yes, have, but she seems fun. But yeah, that's very, very true. Well, the last one that I wanted to talk about is not a romance. It's called Your Inner Hedgehog by Alexander McCall Smith. And this is the fifth book in his Von Eaglefeld series. It started out with Portuguese Irregular Verbs. And they're very funny. It's about this... A romance philologist. This might be like a linguist professor named uh, named von Ingefeld, and his very various misadventures. And the last two weren't that great. They, I feel like this one is a step up from the last two uh, that they had. And it's this one's pretty simple. It's uh, it's. <laughs> Basically, they have this uh, special senior fellowship, senior professor uh, coffee room, whatever, special. And there's this new assistant librarian that wants to be able to drink her coffee in the senior professorship uh, coffee room. And things uh, that... She gets very upset when there she's not allowed, rightfully so, of course. But uh, but then there becomes the sort of tit for tat, and she removes. Uh, he, he has twenty two copies of his book in the in the library, and she removes all but one. And I, so there's a sort of tit for tat between them, and and it's just it's just funny if you like things like grumpy old men or you know that kind of a sort of curmudgeonly. Um, but, uh, I don't know. They're, they're, the first one is called Portuguese Irregular Verbs, and that's still the best of the, of the group, uh, with just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> and then there's the finer point of Sausage Dogs is the second one, and I love that one too. And then this one would probably be my third favorite, but if you just like kind of silly old men that think they're so great uh this is this is a good series well my last one is beach read by emily henry which took the book world by storm last year and i think rightfully so i loved it um her next release is coming out may 11th and it's called people we meet on vacation but I don't think that these books are tied together in any way, but like, I just want people to read Beatrice <laughs> so bad. I mean, she like, I'm definitely like counting down the days for this, this next release, but it's about a romance writer and a more like literary fiction writer named Augustus. And they're both um, spending like three months in these summer cottages or beach houses that, that neighbor each other. And they're both suffering from writer's block. January, we get more of her backstory and, like, why she's there. And um, so they finally, like, make this deal. Like, okay, well, I'll write one of your kind of books and you write one of my kind of books. So she seeks out to write the great, the next great American novel. And he, uh, sits, he agrees to try to write a romance novel. And then it's mm. there. I, I, I don't know it's been a lot of discussion on if it's actually a romance or if it's more women's fiction, but like, I just, you see it, it's got this beautiful yellow cover. The title is called beach read. Like for marketing purposes, the book was genius and the story itself was incredible. So I, she's just an author that like, I can't wait for more stuff from 
stuff by her. And luckily we don't have to wait too long. Cause again, May 11th, her next book comes out and it's called people we meet on vacation. So I think she's maybe found her, her lane and is just kind of like embracing it and going with it. And I, I just think that, um, it's going to be incredible. So yeah, definitely give Beach Read a try. Okay. I will. I'll read it. I make that commitment. That sounds really good. That sounds totally what I like. So that will be fun. Let us know if you are listening, what you've been reading in the comment section or on Twitter. We'd love to hear uh, what uh, what you thought of any of the things that we talked about or just what you've been reading. That would be a lot of fun. And uh, Brie, where can people find you? I am on Instagram at Falling for Romance. And in my bio, there is a link to my link tree where you can find links to all the other places great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes and on Goodreads. So check all of that out. We'll have all of that in the description. You can take a look. And also make sure you're following the podcast on Hallmarkies Pod and Hallmarkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews, five stars. We so appreciate it. And also, uh, if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that a lot. We also have our patron group. We just had our uh, Q&A with Mary Lou Henner, which she's the best and amazing. And so if you want to be able to participate in awesome perks like that, then it's only $2, as low as $2 a month to support the podcast and become a member of our Patreon, which we appreciate so, so much. We also have our merch store, which is a lot of fun, has has great designs by artists like Jessica Miller uh, from your favorite uh, Hallmark. Uh, it's inspired by some of your fam- favorite Hallmark properties. So take a look at that. And uh, so thanks so much, everybody. And we'll talk to you all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.